Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Pastini is Eugene's new Italian bistro at Oakway Center. Dedicated to serving up two of life's greatest pleasures, pasta and wine. Join them for classic favorites like spaghetti and meatballs, linguine with clams and sausage, and fettuccine Alfredo paired with hand-selected Pacific Northwest and Italian wines. Pastini. Eat pasta. Drink wine. Welcome to the Duck Pod from DuckSports.com. Here's Ryan Thorburn and Austin Meek from the Register Guard Newsroom. All right, Austin, we're back for another week of Oregon football. We survived that drive home from Pullman. <laughs> Barely. Not a lot of fun, but uh, uh, I'm a little more upbeat this week because we have a, a very upbeat guest, one of my favorite coaches that I've ever covered, Nick Aliotti, former Oregon defensive coordinator, uh, future professional defensive coordinator we can talk about that uh going forward but uh nick thanks for joining us thank you and what a nice compliment ryan and austin i appreciate that it's good to be here absolutely before we get into oregon just tell us a little bit about this adventure you're going on you they've they've brought you back in to this world of college of football coaching absolutely you know it's an interesting situation um after retiring from Oregon and, and not bragging on anything, I've had numerous opportunities to get back into coaching, and I would never have left Oregon if I was still considering coaching. Uh, that being said, there's a uniqueness about this Alliance of American Football, and that is this. It's only four months. There's no recruiting. I don't have to draft anybody. You get who they give you. You show up for four months. You coach football. So it's almost like... I'll say this, it's kind of like a hobby job, and and we spoke a little bit about this, Ryan, on the phone. Uh, as long as it's fun, and that's what I've told my head coach, as long as it's fun, I'll continue to do it. But we'll find out, but it is a unique situation. Yeah, and you're going to work for the, the Arizona franchise. Rick Neuheisel's the head coach. Uh, some of the other coaches include uh, Mike Riley, Dennis Erickson. It, it seems like it's going to be a fun league, maybe you know a throwback to the USFL, but not really competing with the NFL, kind of helping develop guys that want to get there. Yeah, it, it, this has been a long time coming, and if it works, you know, the, everybody always thinks this stuff's going to work, but we don't know what's going to happen. But it, it's, I liken it to a AAA baseball league is the way I see it. They're finally going to get a de- developmental league to where we're going to get guys right out of college or guys that maybe were on the practice squads of various NFL teams or guys that maybe need a little bit more seasoning, and hopefully they could we can help them make it to the NFL, and they could pull from some of these guys that play in our league to be NFL players. Yeah. Well, Nick, as a coach, you know that you never look past the next game. So we're going to talk about Arizona, but next week Chip Kelly's coming to town. You're going to be on campus with the Pac-12 Network to do the pregame show. 
did you know uh, that Chip was always going to end up back back in college? And what what have been your reactions watching his UCLA team in year one? You know, I I didn't know if he was going to be back in college, but I I having worked with him for six years, I always thought he was more suited for college because of of the way he ran his program. That didn't mean he couldn't couldn't work in pros because it did work for one year, one of the years they had a really good year with Philadelphia. But uh, I think he's more in his niche by being in college football. Uh, my reaction to UCLA right now. I went down there in the fall and watched them practice. They don't have much. I hate when I say that. I always feel bad because it's kind of like these players aren't any good. Well, they're good players. They try hard, but they don't have. When I say they don't have much, they don't have what Chip needs to get his style of offense going. And in every program, offense or defense. It just takes some time to get the guys that fit in your system to what you want to do. As you've noticed, the last two weeks, what I've noticed is Chip, there's no tempo. He's taking the air out of the ball. He's putting a quarterback out under center. They're taking their time, trying to run the ball, use up the clock, play defense, which is so foreign to, to Chip Kelly as we know him offensively. So he's just trying to find a way to win games, and they've done it the last two weeks. What do you think? You know, we only see the Chip Kelly at the press conferences, which is a setting that he doesn't really enjoy, as you know. Um, he's very good at him. When he wants to answer a good question, he'll, he, he's terrific. But what do you think his emotions will be when he gets back to Autzen Stadium? You know, I think whenever you play against someone you know really well or a place where you've had success and it's been very good to you, uh, there's going to be some emotions. Um, it'll be interesting to me, that question being asked, it'll be interesting to me the reception he gets when Chip and his team comes out on the field. You know, at Oregon, I haven't been to a home game since I retired, but it seems like we always boo our opponents. I never understood that. I mean, I, I would never boo the opponent. I just, yeah, that's our opponent. We want to beat them. But it'll be interesting to see what Chip and his team's reaction is from our fans. Uh, but his emotions should be those of, I, I always thought when you're playing like, Again, a good friend or your brothers, you really want to beat them. I think this will be a game that he really wants to get, beat Oregon, put his best foot forward, but I really think they're out, man. It'll be interesting to see how that plays out. What have you seen from Oregon this year? Obviously, it's a different uh, a different mentality with Mario Cristobal. Uh, they had a huge win a couple weeks ago against Washington. Kind of fell flat last week against Washington State. What do you see when you look at the Ducks this year? You know, I've really liked their swag. Uh, I use that word because my, my son and my daughter taught me swag. <laughs> I, I like their energy. I like the way they carry their self, themselves. It seems to me like it's a close football team. Having not been there around it where you really get the feel, you guys have been. Uh, I don't know that 100%, but when I watch them play on TV, they're disciplined, in my opinion. They play hard. They play solid good defense uh they they try to run the ball which has been Oregon's calling card forever they got a great quarterback in Herbert I've really liked what I've seen out of Oregon that being said uh because I have to be true to myself I don't think we ran the ball enough against Washington State I think we took the air out of the ball too quick you know after they scored a couple touchdowns it's still only 14 to nothing I think they should have stuck more to their plan and uh I thought 
that in the Stanford game there was a way to maybe use up the clock a little bit more and get the victory 99.7% of the chance uh, percent victory having taken a knee and then punted it away. You mentioned Justin Herbert. Obviously, physically and mentally, he has incredible skills to play quarterback, uh, probably at the NFL level as well as what he's doing right now. This week he said he hasn't thought three seconds about that decision coming up, uh, which was met with a lot of skepticism on social media when he said that. But I actually called his dad and he said, you know what, we really don't talk about it. We, When he comes home, we talk about fishing and the dogs and we want to kind of keep football out of the conversation for now, especially when he's home and can get away from it for a little bit. But he does have that decision looming. What do you think he should do? First of all, I think Justin Herbert is a fantastic young man and I think he's very grounded. Uh, I will also say this, that if I had the talents of Justin Herbert, he has given it some thought. Uh, yeah. You, I mean, it's just natural, you know. But what I think he's trying to say is that I want to play this season out, and then I'll really sit down and think about it. Naturally, he he has thought about it because it's just something you would do if you're that – a chance to have be a first-round draft pick at quarterback. So he's thought about it, but he's going to wait till the season plays out. Plays out. What I think he should do, I think he will sit down and decide uh, what he wants to get out of his future. I would like to see him come back selfishly. I think one more year will serve him well. I really do. But when you're, if you're a first-round draft pick, and he'll know that and there's a lot of money thrown at you, it's hard to turn that, that down. So it'll be interesting to see what he does actually do. But I'd like, I'd like to see him stay. You retired in 2013, is that right? Yes. I remember being down there on the field with you in San Antonio for that, that last game against Texas in the Alamo Bowl. Uh, so Justin Herbert would have been a pretty young young guy at that point, just getting started at Sheldon probably. Was he on Was he on the radar when you were there? Did you guys know about him at that stage in his career? And ha- have you been surprised by the player that he's turned into for you know a local kid coming out of Sheldon who wasn't that highly recruited? The Herbert name was is big in this town. Anybody yeah. that's that's been around athletics or, or football, you knew about the other Herbert boys. Uh, I think it's Marshall or Mitchell's one Mitch, younger. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know which one's which, but you, you yeah. know about the names. Yeah. And so I, we were aware that, of the Herbert name and, and you know, knew about Justin to a certain degree. As far as what he was be going to become, didn't know that. But I know this, having seen him play, uh, it would have been a shame if Oregon let that guy get out of yeah. Eugene because I, I have said this publicly – I've been around football a long time and watched a lot of great quarterbacks in this league. I think he's as good as any that I've seen come through here as far as for an NFL team. Marcus had that special had those special qualities, but when I'm talking about an NFL quarterback, a big prototypical quarterback that sees the field, that's intelligent, that's a good leader, that has the arm that he has. I think he's as good as there's been in this league. Uh, I liken him to John Elway. That's how good I think he is. Well, speaking of Marcus, the last time Oregon went down to Tucson, which they're they're going down there this this week, I remember you guys had that re- very difficult loss to Stanford, which 
you know, was your first loss of the year. And then obviously Marcus was injured at the time. And then you had a weird game and a weird loss at Arizona before, uh, you know, obviously winning the Alamo Bowl and finishing 11-2, and two, I think. So do you think Marcus would have went pro if you guys would have run the table? Or, or did that injury kind of bring him back? Or would he have come back regardless, do you think? I think Marcus is a lot like Justin, or, or Justin's a lot like Marcus, who, however you want to put it. Uh I think Marcus would have come back. I, I really do. And I and and if I was a betting man, I think Justin will come back. I really do. Just the type of young man that I know that he is. That doesn't mean if he goes, he's a bad guy. But I think he will come back. I really do. What do you make of what Marcus's NFL career has been like so far? You know, he's he's had some really uh, some really great moments, including one against the Chiefs, my team in the playoffs last year. But he's also struggled at times. Uh, it seems like maybe he hasn't had a ton around him. Have you been surprised that that he hasn't sort of blossomed into the superstar that a lot of us thought he was going to be in the NFL? I am a little bit surprised. At the same time, I I don't think that. Uh, and I don't know their roster inside and out, but I don't think Tennessee has that much. Yeah. And I think uh, young quarterbacks that get thrown into a starting position without the other pieces, a good offensive line. And they talked about that early in his career, not having an offensive line, yeah. and they were going to fix that. Uh, the weapons, again, I don't follow NFL as closely as I do college, but I don't hear any names of guys that are flashers, that are big explosion type guys. I think that's tough. I think that's really tough on a quarterback. You look at a Mahomes, had a year to sit out, Mm -hmm. learn the system, not get thrown into it with great weapons now, and you see how he's shining. I think he, he looks fabulous. I think Marcus is an excellent quarterback. I think Marcus will have a great career. I just hope they could surround him with some better football players. And I'm not sure offensively that they're doing the things that, that are, are Marcus's strength. So yeah. uh, all those kinds of things add up into a guy not having the success that we hope or think he should. Mm-hmm. So after the 94 season, Rich Brooks and you guys went to the NFL, to the, to the Rams. Um, what was that experience like? And is it something you're glad you did that you, you tried to coach in the NFL? I'm glad I tried it. Uh, it was a very unique situation because we were the first team to move from L.A. to move to St. Louis. So we took this job in L.A., had to find a house in St. Louis without even really seeing St. Louis because <laughs> normally you're in the place working to where you're going to move. And then when we moved there the first year, we, we worked out of a boys' club. Uh, we didn't really have a practice facility, a, a great practice facility. We didn't have all that stuff around us. So my introduction to the NFL was was not the easiest, smoothest transition that a guy would want to make. But after it was all said and done, I think overall my personality, as we mentioned, chips, and we're two different people, but mine was more suited towards the college game because I really enjoy – the one thing I enjoyed about college football was – the young men and the players to where I could joke and tease with them and kid them and just get to know them better. In the pros, they're so guarded about, we, you know, this guy might cut me the next day or the next year that you really can't get that close to him. So my situation was a little bit different. Uh, 
in retrospect, I wish I would have given it longer because I had a three-year contract with Vermeil when he took over the Rams, but I chose to move on back to college. So what's it been like seeing the Rams in L.A., especially with Jared Goff? I mean, this kid almost drowned at Autzen Stadium when you guys put it on him uh, his freshman year. What's it been like to see that whole thing going on? That They're clearly uh, a juggernaut right now. I'm happy for Jared. Uh, you know, when he came here to Autzen, you know, a true freshman, Coming up to Otson is tough enough. A true freshman coming up to not Otson with the rain the way it was, that made it almost impossible for him. Uh, you know, I remember them pulling him early. He had no chance to ball. He couldn't even hold on. The ball was slipping out of his hands, whether it was a pass or, or a fumble on a, on, on a snap or something. So I'm glad to see Jared have the success that he's having. And there and again, we're talking about a guy that his first year was tough, and he's got the right coach. He's got a guy that is an offensive so-called guru. I don't think anybody's a guru, but he's got that that tag to his name, McVeigh, and they're doing outstanding. Nick, you're on the Pac-12 Network every week talking about the, the big stories in the league, and you know that the big story the last few weeks has been this officiating controversy. What do you make of that? You know, Larry Scott has come out with some statements. Just yesterday, the ADs came out and said they were going to make some changes in the replay protocol. Does the Pac-12 have a credibility issue, you think, with how the, the instant replay has been handled? i got to be careful on how I answer this, I think. Yeah. But in true Nick form, uh, yeah, I don't think it was right. Uh, I, I, I think that there should not have been a third party involved. There should have been a procedural manual or something as, on how it's, how it's handled. And if the official on the field goes to the replay booth, which they had, and the replay booth says it is or isn't targeting, then it is or isn't targeting. Nobody else should have been involved. Simple as that. Mm-hmm. Obviously, uh, last right before last week's game, the story continued on with Mike Leach's, Leach's texts to Larry Scott and others being unveiled by Yahoo Sports. Uh, I remember in 2013, you had some nice things to say about Mike after the game here. Uh, Since then, he's really had Oregon's number um, the last four years. What's kind of your relationship now with Mike? I mean, obviously you have to interact with him with the Pac-12 network, and and obviously they're one of the teams to beat right now. You know what's interesting? You know, you look back at life and you say there's things in your life that you wish you wouldn't have done or said. Uh, Probably not probably. That's something I, I overreacted. I've oftentimes said that uh, a coach should have maybe an hour to an hour and a half, cool down, really think it out. Uh, you know, I wear my feelings on my sh- shirt sleeves. I overreacted in that situation. Um, that being said, right after the season ended and I was down there for Pac-12 Networks, Mike Leach and I uh, were together in a bar till about three in the morning and I think we we hashed it all out and my relationship with Mike is is very very good and I really enjoy him so I'm glad I cleared that up I apologize to him not only over the phone when it happened but in person because I think face to face is always the best way to handle things I was wrong uh and I think we have a good relationship Nick, I'll go to bat for you just from the standpoint that I think one of the things that we appreciated about covering your team so much was the fact that you did wear your emotions on your sleeve. You were candid about things. You didn't give the you know the, the PR answer all the time. Uh, you, you shot straight with us, and we always appreciated that. When you look around college football now, does it, does it get under your skin a little bit that there aren't 
it doesn't seem like there are guys anymore who who really do that. You kind of get the canned answer a lot of times, and you don't you don't really you don't really get to know uh, what what's going on behind the curtain sometimes with a lot of coaches. Yeah, I, I don't understand why people are so guarded. I've always believed that be true to yourself and be honest. And I think if you're honest and you don't have to backpedal, uh, that's the best way to approach life. I, I, I've If I've had an issue with somebody, I immediately always went to them, to their face, and and uh, got to the forefront of it and hashed it out. I just That's the way I've handled my life. Whether I'm right or wrong, uh, people may or may may or may not agree with me but i just think it's best to be honest and i don't see anything wrong with being truthful and and that's just the way i've kind of handled my life uh maybe it's hurt me maybe it hasn't but i look in the mirror and i say i kind of like that guy so i'm okay with it along those lines like who's like your favorite pac-12 coach in terms of interviewing coaches now that you're on the other side of it you know i don't do many interviews uh I don't think I'm really good at that, asking the questions. I'm better at answering them. Uh, I, I really do because uh, for whatever reason, you know, I like a lot of the coaches, but I, I, you know, one of my two of my favorites are Justin Wilcox and Chris Peterson because I'm so close to them and, and obviously Chip Kelly, too. So those three guys I know the best, but uh Let's see. You know, they're all pretty guarded. Mike Leach, to me, is probably the most honest because Mike would tell you what he thinks, and Mike most of the times doesn't really have time for you, but he's just walking off the field as he's talking. So, But Mike Leach is probably the most uh, honest. Honest is not the right word. Probably the most open of all the other coaches. All right. Well, two of the new coaches, obviously, are Mario and Kevin Sumlin, and they play this weekend, I guess. Before we go, just how do you see this matchup going forward. I know they're Oregon's preparing for Khalil Tate and Rhett Rodriguez. Um, both teams are coming off a tough loss on the road. What's kind of your thoughts on this game? I think that Oregon uh, is the better football team. We've had some troubles going down there for whatever reason. There's certain venues that are tougher to play uh, for whatever reason also, but I see Oregon going down If Oregon gets, goes down there and sticks to their plan, which is run the ball, you know, let Herbert throw it when 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 they want when Oregon wants to and play. They've played good defense against Khalil Tate last year, so it really shouldn't be a concern. I would pre- pre- prepare for Tate, and if Rhett Rodriguez plays, then your game plan's a little different. But but in my opinion, much easier. If Oregon sticks to their game plan, I see them winning by two scores. Nick, it's awesome to catch up with you again. We miss you holding court after the games and everything, but glad we still get to talk to you. Uh, We'll be watching on the Pac-12 Network and uh, hope to chat with you again down the road. Thank you very much, guys. I've always enjoyed the both of you, and any time I'd be more than happy. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Duck Pod from DuckSports.com. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts and always available at DuckSports.com.